The roads have emptied. Only us left. Kids sleeping in back. Cat's eyes shine bright. White lines roll by. The rhythm of the streetlights. Radio hums quietly. Brain starts. Hypnotic wipers. Pulling. Hot latte and apple pie. Ease back into the darkness. Over 600 McDonald's open 24 hours. We are awake. More music, more inspiration. Vuga online. Join Discovery Bank to experience the most innovative digital banking products and features at your fingertips. Open your account in minutes and transact immediately with your free virtual card. Get more from your money, pay less interest on your credit and earn more on your savings. Enjoy smart ways to pay medical expenses and get flexible gym visits with Vitality Pay as You Gym through Discovery Pay. Track your spend with our smart budgeting tools for a real-time view of your finances. Get all this and more. The future of banking. Now you're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. Hi there, and welcome to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. Can you believe it's another week, another show? And I'm sure that you are facing this year with great energy and you are probably have set your resolutions and I hope that you are changing things and changing your behavior to make sure that you reach your goals. As you know, Healthcare Hour is about healthcare professionals. It is also about all aspects of healthcare professionals, knowing that they are people um, and also for us to improve the relationship between the healthcare professional and the patient, because at some point, everybody is a patient. And then, of course, we need to take ownership of our health. It's not something that we can just hand over to somebody else or, oh, when you run out of health, you think, oh, better top this up. Let's phone, take a lot to get more. It's something that we need to be able to take care of and make our, our big decisions. So today, my guest is Cindy Pilacic, and I actually didn't check with her as to how to pronounce her name. So she's nodding at me. Yes, Cindy Pilacic. I nearly named her something else. Um, she is somebody who you may know on your TV screens because she is in an advert where she talks about chronic conditions and being insured for them. But we're going to be talking to her about HIV and AIDS. And she's a very outspoken activist which I love. And so right now you're saying to me, but Colleen, is it the 1st of December? No, guys, it's not the 1st of December. We get to talk about things every day, not just on one little allocated tick the block day. So Cindy, welcome. Thank you very much, Colleen. Glad to be here. Yes. So we're going to look forward to you telling it to us directly. And so let's put a warning on the show. For anybody who is uh, sensitive, sensitive, yes, let's put it that way. Anybody who's sensitive, squeamish, can't talk about those things, now's the time to actually listen, not to switch off, but to listen with an open mind and an open heart. Okay, so let's pop out and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to we're going to hear more from Cindy. We're going to hear her story about how she got to be an activist. Where did, it doesn't just like 
pop up on you on one day and you think, oh, let's go do this. But let's go for our break. Dad, where do babies come from? Dad, stop. Think. This is a huge important question in your daughter's life and needs to be handled delicately. Too much information will lead to a lifetime of therapy. Not enough information will also lead to a lifetime of therapy. But you do need to respond with honesty and confidence. Think. What would Elliot do? Hmm. You should ask Mommy. That's her department. Smooth move, Dad. Smooth move. For well-considered smooth moves, Elliot is amazing. Right here, right now, the best tunes of all times. Welcome back. You are listening to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. And my guest today is Cindy Povacic. Cindy is a very outspoken, very well-known HIV and AIDS activist. And she's promised to come talk to us about the real things we need to know, not hidden nonsense. So, Cindy, welcome again. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Okay, so let's go back in your story, back to 2004. Right. What happened in that year for you? Um, I was dating somebody who um, originally I didn't want to date him. I didn't want anybody else's. Here we go with the, I hope everybody's, uh, nobody's terribly sensitive. I didn't want anybody's sloppy seconds. However, um, I did get into a relationship with this person. And obviously I did use protection. But unfortunately, there was a mishap, a condom mishap. And because of our ignorance those years, I thought, well, not in, along the lines of HIV, but more along the lines of, well, I can't fall pregnant. So, you know what, da- whatever damage is done is done. And didn't think further than that. Total ignorance and stupidity, basically, on my part. But the person that I was involved with had been HIV positive for two years prior to infecting me and didn't inform me of his status so yeah that's kind of where it all started out he got sick went to hospital the way I found out um his bowel had perforated in a couple of places and um, he had TB of the bowel they suggested then that he have an HIV test not knowing that he already knew his status two years prior and that's when he found supposedly allegedly found out that he was HIV positive and of course I went and took the test and found out a week later that I too was HIV positive. <clears throat> so that must have been like an absolute knock you over sideways, devastating. I I had a week to process the fact that I would potentially be HIV positive. So when it did come back, and I wasn't young, so it was something that I realized there wasn't much I could actually do about the situation I was expecting it to come back positive. And when it did come back, I kind of hit a a blank. I wasn't, initially, I wasn't angry. I just accepted it. And it was like, there was just nothing, nothing around me until I had an incident with one of the um, nurses at the hospital who came into the hospital and said, oh, did you hear he's, Results came back in, this is in a, a, a public ward of, I think it was six people. Um, oh, his results came back, it's positive, he's HIV positive. And then I lost my my cool, that's a polite way of putting it. And I, I went into action and I actually started to take steps from there against the, um, the, the nurse, the sister that had gone and disclosed 
basically my status as well as his in the public arena. So, yeah, I think I worked through that. I work. I, I transferred my anger onto onto her. Yes. Okay. So, yes. And then, obviously, subsequent to that, you've transferred your anger into action. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's pointless. I realized after the fact that it's pointless being angry because this anger can do absolutely nothing about your situation. You've got to take action. You've got to run with it. And at that time, those that year, those years, should I say, in two thousand and four, I mean, I was. It was a death sentence. 2000, I've had maximum 10 years to live. So I thought, well, the best thing I can do is live as healthy as possible mm-hmm. during that period. And, I, of course, I didn't go on to any medication initially. Um, so, yeah, I unfortunately developed AIDS. Okay. So, yes, obviously treatment is very different now. But we are looking back in, shall we say, the olden days. Yes, <laughs> very much. It's, it's nearly 20 years. Yeah. So it's like, so, oh. yes, well, we, yeah, 2004. So you're looking back in those days gone by. Okay. Yes. Um, it's funny how 20 years is now on the other side of 2000. Whereas like 20 years <laughs> yeah, used to be like, just the other day. <laughs> yes. Um, so things were very different then, and it is like you didn't go on. So then you you knew, okay, 10 years maximum that you had to live, yeah. and you ended up developing AIDS. Yes, I did. Um, it was it was between 2004 and 2008 that I had, um, well, basically I started off with pneumonia. I had shingles a couple of times. I think it was four times in the one here. Um, I developed um, TB meningitis. I had two strokes, and I had cancer. So, yeah, that was in a four-year period, and I went through chemotherapy. By the end of, of by the mid, middle of 2009, everything was clear. I only went on to my ARV medication in 2008 after I was diagnosed with a cancer, purely because prior to that, I mean, we were the doctors were also, you know, yes. new to all of this, especially here in South Africa. And um, nobody said to me or gave me reason why I should go on there and then. And my CD4 account had dropped down to two, um, 203 by then. But I wasn't given any information. I was just told, you, you've got to go on this. And those years, again, we heard about the side effects and how bad it is and the vomiting and the this and the that and the diarrhea and everything. So I chose, in a sense, not to go onto the medication immediately to my detriment. But in hindsight, I think maybe it was a good thing. I know it sounds weird. But maybe it was a good thing because I went through all of those acquired diseases. I actually went through the stages of AIDS. So I'm able to reflect and talk to people about it. You don't want to go there, quite Mm -hmm. honestly. So, yeah. And I mean, then as well, we went from when your your count, CD4 count was 200. Then we went up to, I think it was 250. Then we went 300. Then we went to 500. Nowadays, they put you on immediately, you are diagnosed. So the chances of you developing AIDS early in your diagnosis is not going to happen. Yes. So it's like really minimal. Minimal. But minimal. what we've also got to see is, is that people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. And so this is also where South Africa specifically has been great at coming up with different protocols, different we ways have. of of treating things, different approaches, you know, all those kind of things. And they really are brilliant at it now. They, they have been. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that they have 
taken so, so many fantastic steps in the right direction. Yeah, we've yeah. failed here and there, which is, it happens, it's obvious. But I mean, generally speaking, I think we on the best we can possibly be on medication wise. And um, infra- in the structure, the infrastructure, I mean, they're doing as much as they possibly can. We're still lacking in in areas, rural areas of getting medication to, to people. But um, yeah, pr- we're pretty much doing a fair to good job. Yeah. And then before we go for a break, so obviously you must be hugely resilient. That is that is my word that I use all the time. You've got to learn to be resilient. And the how you do it is entirely up to you, but not everybody knows how to be resilient. So, I mean, you, the when I initially was diagnosed, I never got offered any pre or post counseling. And I mean, once you've, once you've actually got that pre counseling, you need to go for the post counseling. And then you actually need to take those steps further to go for some form of resilience, resilience coaching, mm. because people generally are still in fear, even if they've been told, yeah, you can just go on your medication, you're fine. But people still don't know how to manage their, their, their health, their attitude, their, um, their life, basically, and how to, to, to keep, maintain that resilience. They don't know how to do it. They really don't. And I've been fortunate that I have that kind of a character. So, um, um, the Jack Russell fighting tub. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, no, yes. But when you think of it, though, it's not only the, the HIV and the AIDS, it's also, you know, the heart attack. Um, yes. You know, no, even shingles is how yeah, we, we didn't mention the heart attack. That I had in 2018. And yeah. it it is a combination of my immune system being compromised as well as um, genetics. And there again, I was very fortunate. I had 0.0% um, blood flow through the one um, artery and 0.01% through the other artery. And the, the professor that was oversaw the operation said to me, miracle. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, baby, that's me. Yeah. Little miracle. Okay. So on that miraculous note, let's go <laughs> for a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about stigma and then also you know, what do we need to know? What are the, you know, the hard-hitting facts? But let's go for that break. At Grants, we believe all good things start with three. Because three isn't a crowd, it's company. Three, it always starts the party. It's triple the characters, the moves, the memories. Grants, aged in three types of wood for a smooth taste. Triple wood, triple good. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. Hi there, you are tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. My guest today, Cindy Pivacic, is an outspoken activist on HIV and AIDS and a whole bunch of other things, mind you, not just only that. But she's been speaking to us about how her life changed drastically in 2004, which is like nearly 20 years ago. Um, We're looking at probably a few months now, depending on when it was, and how things were different then. She didn't go directly onto the antiretrovirals. She had to wait for CD4 count to be a specific amount, and she ended up getting AIDS. Okay. 
And then we've spoken about not only was that, we had heart attacks, we've had shingles, we've had all different um, challenges along the way. And she's just saying that you have to be resilient. You have to bounce. Yeah. Talk to me about stigma. Okay. Firstly, I don't use the word. Okay. And, and the, I prefer to use discrimination, the word discrimination, okay. because the reason being that using, now I'm going to use it, using the word stigma, we as HIV activists and people living with it are actually perpetuating the fact that there is one. So, to me, that is such a negative word, and we are using that against ourselves. The minute we stop using that, it's on you. You are the yes. one discriminating against. The minute I use the word discrimination, it passes it on to you. You're the one discriminating against me. It's not I'm stigmatized by my situation. So I pass that on to the other person. So I use the word discriminate. You discriminate against me because I'm HIV positive. Yeah. So, and that but makes sense because you're also saying to somebody, you know, let's talk about it, um, as opposed to just sitting in the corner with your stigma. Exactly. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Okay. And and, right. and strangely enough, when I speak to people that are HIV positive and I, and I talk about that a specific um, word change, they say, oh, I didn't think about it like that. So I'm hopefully slowly getting people to change their yeah, the terminologies. But that is then feeding into your resilience, Cindy, in that you are For saying sure. you're not a victim. You totally. are empowered and you're able and you've got a full life and you've like, you know, it's not like, oh, woe is me sitting in no. a corner because look at what I have. You're then saying, yes, I have it, but. But. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, and look so at what I can do. Us. Look what I've done. So, yes. you know, what I'm capable of. Yeah. And so the but is then saying to you that if you are going to discriminate against you based on one part of you, mm. well, then shame. I can buy it. Your issue. But you, you are not going to be stigmatized based on one little part of you. Yeah, pretty much. So yay for you. Okay. <laughs> right. So let's look at now, given 2024, what people need to know, because for me, I feel like we, we went through a stage where everyone spoke about, oh, HIV, 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 and then it seemed to go away. Yeah. No, it's totally it's, it's totally ignored at the moment. And, I mean, it's it's extremely sad because we still have um, up to a 1,000 new infections every single day. Um, and, and, sadly, people are not getting tested because – they're not informed. They they don't even know. There have been people that don't even know, have never heard about mm-hmm. HIV. And I'm like, what do you mean you've never heard about HIV? And that, that's how bad it's become now that um, I'm like, okay, ask me a question for goodness sake. And it's, it's, it's scary because the youth, I mean, if you look at the um, pregnancy stats in schools, they are horrendous. I mean, I think it was in 2016 when I last picked up, which is long ago, the last stats that I could actually officially pick up, there were 910, 9 and 10-year-olds that were pregnant that year. Now, my question is, how many of those are actually HIV positive? What about all the other students? There were, there were 16, 14,000 each year students hmm. that are HIV positive, uh, pregnant. How many of those? were HIV positive because they're not being educated. 
about it. They are ignorant about the situation. Yes, they hear about ST, STIs, STDs, but they're still not wearing condoms anyway because mm-hmm. they end up pregnant. So the education is seriously lacking um, from junior school. And I mean, there are there are schools that don't even want to talk about sex. And that is that frightens me even more so. I mean, I, I were just using an example. A couple of years ago, I was in a coffee shop and I got talking to a school counsellor. And I said, oh, that'll be interesting. Hopefully I, you can introduce me to the school and I can go and talk to the girls. It was an all-girls school. And she said, there's absolutely no chance that's going to happen. It's a religious-based school and they do not talk about sex. I'm like, what? Yeah. In this day and age? I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's always fascinated me when people think if we don't talk about them, they don't exist. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a bit like microorganisms. We can't see them. Therefore, they so do they're not, not there. exist. They're not there. For sure. Yes. That's frightening. Yeah. Okay. So we know the, the reality of is, is that people have sex. Yes. Okay. And it's whether you think it's, you know, oh, not religious, not this, not that, you're not old enough, you're not whatever, you should protect the Christians, you should whatever. People are having sex at all different ages. Okay. And yes, it's starting in primary school. Yeah, it sadly does. Sadly does. So how do we change this? Let's look at dating, for instance. It's a very, very long time since I dated. Ditto. (laughs) By choice. (laughs) (laughs) But... Let's look at, you know, like you meet somebody. Okay. So also this whole idea of you meet somebody and then you together with them for two years and you don't have sex and then you finally get married and you live happily ever after with the picket fence and the two children and the dog. And, you know, at that point, just before your first baby, you know, nine months before you have sex for the first time. Right. Right. Yes. The, the uh, Disney version. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's about saying, you know, you know, you can meet somebody in a social setting and think, oh, they're nice, yes. and you go home yes. with them. Yeah. Or a once-off, a two, twice-off, yeah. a six-time. So it doesn't have to be an actual relationship. Not at all. It can Not be an um, I have no, needs. A one-night stand. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's a one-night yes. stand. No, well, basically. sometimes it's a four-night stand. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, it, it's, it's basically a meeting the needs. Yeah. yeah. And it's not male versus female. It's all different no. versions. Have needs, yeah. don't get needs. That's it. Okay. What precautions should we be taking? Well, firstly, um, the fear that women have of being thought of as promiscuous is a problem when it comes to um, ensuring their own safety as far as sex is concerned. Have no fear. If you have to take a condom with you, um, then do so. There are female condoms, they're ghastly though, but anyway, there are precautions you can take. And it doesn't mean just because you've got a, a, a condom in your handbag or wherever that you are promiscuous. You are taking precautions. I mean, I my home got broken into one day and I collected all these boxes from the government and I was dishing out condoms to whoever. And my home got broken into by a young man. And my question to him was, are you going to rape me? And he said, yes. I said, well, I'm HIV positive. There's a, in the corner over there, there's a whole box of condoms. Can we use it? So he said to me, I'm also HIV positive. I said, no, but you can actually reinfect me. 
and I can reinfect you. Anyway, the whole situation panned out and he eventually left. Nothing happened. But I I think he, I, I basically told him I'm old enough to be his go-go. So I think I kind of spoke him out of it. But there is no harm in offering a condom when you have sex, whatever situation you happen to be in. Have that precaution with you. Um, obviously, abstinence is um, best, but it does, it, it's, it's not the reality. It's not the reality mm-hmm. of life. Yeah, my mom always used to say abstinence doesn't take into account chemistry and how strong chemistry is. Quite, quite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I think I would add to it is, you know, take more than one condom. Yeah, for sure. Because you never know how active your your evening is going to be or your day or your morning or your whenever. And there are breakages, as in my case. (laughs) There are breakages. Yes. Please don't, um, and please don't reuse condoms. For heaven's sake, no. <gasps> yes. And that does happen. And condoms are not washable. No. <laughs> they are chuckable. <laughs> yes. Okay. So so now you look at a relationship, though, where you think, okay, fine. How, you know, what would be advisable? You meet somebody, you get talking, you get whatever. And I think what happens in a lot of relationships is people jump into the sex side before they've had conversations about, do you eat ice cream? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, um, do you like, what kind of music do you like? What kind of, what, and by the way, what is your status? Yeah. Yeah, that's very, that's a very difficult question to broach. Um, but if the person that is actually living with HIV is confident in their, themselves, and that again is where the resilience and the confidence comes in, you need to be open to that person about your HIV. It's legally you don't have to, but to be fair to the other person, I'm sorry, it, it just doesn't go down well with me if you're not willing to disclose, then don't, in my books, don't go there at all if you're not prepared to actually discuss that with with the person. Even if your CD4 count is undetectable, um, which when it is undetectable, you cannot transmit the virus to anybody. But I still say, give the other person the option, the choice of whether they want to or not. Yes. But to actually ask the other person, um, if it's a if it's a one night stand, you're obviously condomized, and generally it's there's alcohol involved, and it's not going to happen. The question, hence the condom. But if you're going into a what would be termed as a long term relationship, you have to have that discussion. And basically, um, if you haven't had sex prior to to getting a lot more cozy in your relationship, go for that test. Say to that person, I think we should go for an HIV test before we take this any further. And just do it. Do it together. Get the results together so that person can't BS you about their status either because that too happens. Um, If that person's going to run away because you're HIV positive, then they weren't meant for you. As simple as that. And yeah, there have been people that have not disclosed their status and the person, the other person has left them anyway, just because they lied. Mm. So yeah, just don't be, don't be shy to ask. Yes. And I think also it's important there, Cindy, you know, we'll be saying, oh, you know, like what is your status kind of thing to the other person. Mm. But it's also about saying there's two of you in this, or maybe in your partnership, there's three or four. We're not judging. We're not judging. Um, (laughs) However many. Um, and it's more a case of, you know, like, 
take into account that you also come to this this partnership Party, or this yeah. relationship, whatever. And it's a case of, yes, as you've said, let's go for our tests together. Yeah, for sure. And it, and I mean, there again as well, even even in, in a set marriage, year-long marriage, I'm sorry, there's just, if you're having sex with your partner, my advice is go and get tested annually anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it sounds a bit doubtful and 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 judgmental to the to the marriage, but you don't ever know what the other person's doing. Mm. Yeah, that's just my and, personal opinion too. And I think also, we just before we go for a break, that people also are saying, "Oh, you you know, you would get an STI or you would get you know HIV or when you're promiscuous, as you yeah. say, you know." But it's more; it's only take once, only once. That's all. That's all it takes to get pregnant. Only once, whatever. Yes, and something else like a young person said to me as well, um, no, 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 she was sleeping with a guy. And I said, oh, have you been for tests? Are you using condoms? Are you, you know, and she said, no, he's a nice guy. (laughs) I get the heebie-jeebies when I hear that. So that's also a famous one. And and please, you know, to all our listeners, when we say he's a nice guy, we know that it's the other way around as well. Um, yeah. but it's just like you know we don't we don't have NASCAR here you know yeah. where's NASCAR written on forehead with HIV status you know NASCAR yeah. yes and very nice guys and very nice girls yeah. as we know from Cindy are HIV positive yeah. yeah yeah and I mean people think think it's it's a certain culture whatever you want to call it that are that are HIV positive believe you me there are rich Santon people out there, Belito people, that are HIV positive. They just haven't disclosed yep. their status. And I mean, they are well respected in their communities. They just haven't disclosed their status. So it's, 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 you can't, you can't say, oh, he looks as though, or she looks as though. Mm. You cannot say no, that nice about people, anybody. Man. Nice, nice people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nice people. Like you say, I'm a nice people. Yeah. Walk past me in the street, you'd never think it. Yeah. Okay. You would now if you knew me, <laughs> but I mean, you wouldn't think it for a yeah. second. So you'd think, oh, quite a, quite a George Gogo. Funky, yeah. funky Gogo, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, let's go for our break. And when we come back, we'll be continuing our in-depth, direct talk on HIV and AIDS. SABS test the test number 23, vacuum cleaners. Okay, so I'm going to vacuum something up and you tell me what it is. Got it. Chips, salt and vinegar, three days old. Right. Apple juice, 60% concentration. Yeah, well done. Smarties, three blues, one green and four yellows. Mm, it's uh, three yellows. Very good. At SABS, we pride ourselves on our rigorous testing, even when testing our testers. SABS, your trusted mark of approval. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Ruga online. Hi there, you are listening to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. My guest today is Cindy Pivacic, and we've been talking about what it is to, to live with HIV, what it is to live a healthy life so that you don't go into um, the AIDS route. But as Cindy shared with us, she did, and she came back from that. And we've been saying that um, the treatment now is immediate. It's changed. Things are different. 
But we've been shocked at how many people actually don't talk about HIV anymore. They sleep with whomever, whenever, and there's no like, hey, what's your status? What, you know, none of those because, oh, can't talk about those things. Yes. Um, my mom, who used to do sex education, always used to say, it's funny how we can do sex, but we can't talk about what kind <laughs> of fruit juice you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we've also mentioned that um, Cindy believes in taking your power and that she's saying that she is not stigmatized. She's making sure that people need to be educated. She needs to work with people, but also understanding that if they want to discriminate against her or anybody else because of one little aspect of her life, well, shame. They are worse off for doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about your, your activism work Cindy. Right. Um, when I was initially diagnosed, which was 2004, as we've mentioned, I went totally off the grid for six years um, because of the situation, the discrimination against people that are HIV positive. I went off totally. And I eventually took myself um, in 2010, I took myself through a counseling course so that I could, because I realized going into the clinics and what have you, just how much drama there was, especially those years. It's still there, but we just don't hear about it as much. And that I, that I could speak to other people from my experience. So um, I took myself, when I was still in Durban, I took myself through a counseling course. That's the only, let's say, counseling that I ever got. And once I'd done that, I met... Um, Charlotte Kemp, who encouraged me to go public. And I eventually went public with my status and uh, with a website to to launch um, my activism in 2011, January 2011. And the that time it was it was like a wow, this white woman is HIV positive and she's talking about it. It was it was actually quite quite media quite a lot of media interest in it at the time. So that that helped me launch my activism, and um, it, it's it's done pretty well as far as getting me heard out in the public space. And again, um, it brought other people in to be able to to get the information that they need because they couldn't speak to their own families, especially the younger and. At that time, the younger black girls that were fearful of disclosing their status, of being found out, they didn't want to disclose their status and they didn't want to go to the clinics. So it was huge, huge those years. And it should be like that again, because currently we are doing jack nothing about it, the situation. The girls should be fearful of, of, of getting infected because they are not informed. Yeah. So yeah, it's I've really I've really enjoyed what I've done. I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but that's yeah. passionate <laughs> about the things you. <laughs> yes, and also you know it's not about your story for the sake of your story. It's no. it's sharing your story, your lived experience, so that you can change the lives or, or that people Look. can make informed choices. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, you get to the crossroads and you go, okay, left, right, straight, backwards, wherever. And based on your story, people can make 
a different choice. Informed decisions, yeah. Hmm. Hopefully they will. And I mean, it's 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 it frightens me that we're not we're not getting those numbers down. Yeah. But it's also, you know, I think we we were we were in that stage where literally HIV education was oh no, not again. Not that again, yeah. Um and for me, you know, I lecture anatomy and it's been quite interesting to see how, you know, you, you would get that, you know, the older group who'd say, oh, no, come now. No, we know no. everything about the virus. And then you ask them a question. And then you get <laughs> the, the next group who go, oh, no, no, where? And what? you think, uh-huh. gee. Mm. So it's almost like that reinforcement of yeah. over and over again. Okay. For I sure. personally feel we should be teaching people about STIs, chlamydia, gonorrhea, Absolutely. not just HIV. Um, so why why has it gone off the boil? Why has it gone off the front page? People, like you said, people have just got to a point, and I'm talking probably 10 years ago, that they just said, oh, not that again. And it's just taken a total dive. Mm-hmm. And how can we resuscitate that? Um, it, it, to me, the government should be using the activists in their procedure to get people educated and to get those numbers down but it's not happening we're doing it on our own and we're not getting the support from from the necessary departments and 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 that i think is one of the biggest mistakes that we've made in this country is not to use people that like myself like ellen brand like everybody every other hiv activist in the country to get that message across we, we've gone out there and we've done it ourselves. We're not getting the support. And it's, 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 it's basically unacceptable because we've got so much knowledge. Mm. You see, what's happened, though, is this, like people my age would go, oh, no, we know that. Okay, done it. Got the T-shirt. All right. And it's almost like so we've stopped talking and then a whole generation has come up through the ranks yeah. not hearing anything. Not hearing about anything, it. yeah. But then you ask the older generation, you ask them, do you know what U equals U means? And they have no clue. Yeah. So we're not, we, we we should still be talking about it to the older generation. Yes. Um, we just need to come at it, di- at it from a different angle. Hmm. Okay, tell us what it means. Undetectable equals untransmittable, which means because my CD4 count is under 40, I cannot transmit the virus onto anybody sexually or in particularly in any other form. But yes. I cannot transmit it sexually. However, that doesn't mean if I was in a relationship that I wouldn't use a condom because there are other STDs that can be transmitted without having the tests or whatever beforehand. So, yeah, it doesn't mean that, um, oh, because I'm undetectable, I don't need to take other forms of protection. Um, Yeah, but that is the situation. So people, um, there are uh, seroconverted couples that are having which is one person is HIV positive in the relationship, the other one is HIV negative, and they are having consensual sex without protection. Yeah. They're in a marriage and they're having, they've, they've made the decision that they will go that route. Yeah. And it has so, worked for them. Yeah. So that's your CD, CD4 count less than 40. You get U equals U and... And sorry, not my CD4 the... viral load, viral load. Sorry, not viral CD4 load. Okay. viral load. My viral bad. Viral load. Okay. Sorry. 
So the viral load is undetectable, undetectable. and therefore it's untransmissible. You cannot transmit it via sex, also via breastfeeding. Correct. Yes. Correct. Um, the mother generally goes on to medication. Um, there's a whole procedure. Obviously, you've got to go through your doctor and treatment to ensure that you are taking the right medication at the time for that baby. And obviously, you have to completely breastfeed. There's no part breastfeeding, part bottle feeding. That's um, just one of those things. But the, the clinic sisters and doctors, whoever you're under, will explain the whole situation to you. Mm. But you can breastfeed. All right. So thank you so much, Cindy. I think we need more direct. We need more. Skip the nonsense. Skip the, oh, no, can't say those things. Um, just to be able to talk about it and to be yeah. able to talk about people's reality of we are having sex. Right. We yeah. are in relationships. We are in one night stands, two night stands, four night stands. What was his name? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> We it are, happens. Okay? <laughs> it happens. Um, women do have needs. Okay. Right. As much as we have been conditioned for years and years to know women don't have needs, women, yes. oh, no, no, no. Only men yes. have needs. Yeah. Okay. Nonsense. Don't. Totally, totally nonsense. Okay. I'm going to be getting lots of communication. Yeah, flack, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So your take home message for people. If you are in a relationship or if you are thinking of getting into a relationship, even if you are not thinking of getting into a relationship and you're going out at night and you you've, you are parting, whatever, and you are planning on picking somebody up because that does happen, make sure you have protected yourself and go for a test annually. At least do that for your own peace of mind. It's, it might be scary. That's why people don't go because they don't want to hear the result. Like you said earlier, if it's not, if I don't have the test, I don't know it's going to go. It's not going to go away if you've got it, if you are HIV positive. Have that test because you can, you can manage it. But yeah. avoid getting the test, avoid getting yourself infected and look after yourself. Condomize at least, at the very least. Protect yeah. yourself. Because we all know that abstinence is not always practical. It's not always practical, no. Yes. Okay, and then we also need to know what I'll add to you, Cindy. Remember, it's not only going out at night because you know what yep. happens anywhere, anywhere, anytime. anytime. Yep. yep. No, even in the work environment. <laughs> well, definitely in the work environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing just a little bit. I'm sure we could have spoken about a whole bunch more. Absolutely, but forever. The time has passed us on here. Yeah? That's great. Yes, it has. And it's been All right. wonderful. Thank you very much. Yes. So I'm sure that we will be touching base with Cindy somewhere later in the year as well, because you remember HIV and AIDS are not only for the 1st of December. They're all year round. Talk to your people. Talk to people around you. Have a conversation at the bri. Make it normal to talk. Please also know that if you are out there, if you feel like you may be HIV positive, if you feel like somebody you with is HIV positive or you'd like to know, please know that you're not alone. Please remember, not only are you not alone, you are loved and you matter. You have been listening to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. On VUCA, your online inspiration station. How do you know the life of personal we'll coach you you're about week. to work with is who they say they are? How do you know if they can do the job? 
at the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology, we can tell you. So, before you share your secrets and spend your money, check with us first. Visit www.abccp.com or call us on 012-751-7608. The ABCCP, the professional body for coaches. You're listening to Google Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. Zambi. 